I'm Dan Fermat, and welcome to Axios Recap, sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase. Today is Monday, March 29th. A Minneapolis court is in session for the cop accused of murdering George Floyd. That boat is out of the Suez Canal, and we're focused on Dominion's defamation lawsuits. Dominion Voting Systems on Friday filed a $1.6 billion defamation suit against Fox News related to the cable newsers' coverage in the wake of last November's election. If this sounds familiar, it's because this is the fourth defamation suit filed by Dominion, with past ones aimed at former Trump attorneys Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, plus one against pillow tycoon Mike Lindell. It also issued cease and desist letters to media outlets, including Fox. But the lawsuit against Fox, again, it's new, and in short, the network and some of its top personalities gave lots of time and credence to the idea that the election was rigged in favor of Biden over Trump, and in particular, that the rigging was done by Dominion, which makes the electronic voting machines that are used in dozens of states, including Georgia. Not only did that hurt Dominion's business, but it led to death threats against company employees and investors. Now, all four of these lawsuits matter, particularly when it comes to faith in America's electoral systems. The Fox News one, though, matters most, not only because it has the biggest megaphone, but also because it could be a harbinger of what's to come for other networks that boost conspiracy theories and change how outlets cover them going forward. So today we want to dig into Dominion's case and broader legal strategy with Tom Clare, an attorney representing the company. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Tom Clare, a partner with the law firm of Clare Locke and an attorney representing Dominion Voting Systems. So, Tom, can we start by just walking through kind of the post-election legal timeline and strategy? The Fox suit is the fourth suit that Dominion has filed. How do you decide kind of the order in which people have been sued? Yeah, it's a great question, and and thanks for having me on the show. What we've done very deliberately is as we've looked at the universe of potential defendants, we've taken an evidence-based look. You know, this is not one of those situations where we're going to fire first and and aim later, unlike the people that we are suing in these cases who went out in the media and made all sorts of bold allegations that they couldn't back up and that were reckless and irresponsible. Dominion is taking a very deliberate approach to this. And so we're looking at the statements that were made publicly. We're looking at whether we can meet all the elements of defamation. We're looking for the damage that was done. And we're filing them, you know, as the we're able to determine that these claims are good ones. We started with Sidney Powell in many ways because she was uh, one of the first speakers who came out with these false statements right around the time of the election, including a little bit before the election, having talked about machine fraud. And then we moved to Rudy Giuliani, who, of course, was joined at the hip with Sidney Powell and making a lot of these statements in press conferences and the like. And then later on, Mike Lindell and the uh, MyPillow folks that picked up that message and broadcast it. And this Fox suit, uh, as you mentioned, is the fourth lawsuit that we filed, and it really reflects a new chapter in our efforts to try to hold people accountable. Uh, we're trying to get to the media outlets that, that really gave this a much bigger platform. You, so you say a new chapter, I assume, as you just said, that's because this is a media outlet, not an individual. Should we then assume that other media outlets are going to be sued subsequently? 
I think it's it's a fair assumption. We haven't ruled anybody out in terms of next steps. We're continuing that process now. We're looking at other media outlets and making sure we can meet all of the elements of defamation before we're, we're suing them. But there were other outlets that played a similar role to Fox in spreading these lies, and I expect that we're going to be holding them accountable as well. And when you say that, how, how close are you? In other words, is there a piece of paper or a stack, I guess, of paper sitting on your desk that says either Newsbacks or OAN that is sitting there and it's just a question of uh, dotting the I's and getting it to the to the courthouse? Well, it's a little bit more of a process than that. We have uh, definitely analysis of those claims underway, and they've been underway for a while. And what we're doing is we're making sure that, we, you know, if you've, if you've seen our complaints, these are not uh, five and 10 page boilerplate legal claims. We've laid out in excruciating detail for each of them, the statements that were made and why it was reckless and irresponsible for them to be putting these claims forward. And so we're going through and, and compiling that similar detailed pleading for each of the outlets. And then once we get it on on paper, we look at it and we kind of poke it apart to make sure that we've got you know strong claims. And then there's a question of of what jurisdiction we can file in and you know where the case will be filed. And so once all those things are ready, and as soon as they're ready, we would, would file the next one. Obviously, Sidney Powell filed her response to Dominion's lawsuit last week, and, and the part that made the headlines was her claim that basically her remarks that she had made vis-a-vis Dominion wouldn't have been believed by a reasonable person, that they were basically political rhetoric. Your thoughts on that defense? Yeah, I, it's a ridiculous defense on on so many levels, and I don't know if folks saw it, but it was uh, spoofed on Saturday Night Live this past Saturday night. They did a skit making fun of it, so it's not just the lawyers that I think it's ridiculous. But you know, first of all, it just it completely flies in the face of common sense in our real world experience. I mean, people realize that her statements had real world impact. People believed them, and people acted on them, as you can tell from you know the various rallies that were held and the actions that people take in the aftermath of the election, you know, people thought that she was putting forward a truthful and factual statement. It turned out that they were lies. So we have kind of real world experiment that disproves her defense. And then secondly, we don't have to go any further than her own words. She had an appearance on Fox News where she said, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing here, you know, you'd have to be a fool not to realize that this is what was happening. It's a, it's a fact. And so she herself said to uh, the world on Fox that um, that this was meant to be taken seriously and this was factual. In some ways, I, I'm curious, is the Fox lawsuit more difficult in terms of kind of crossing the legal hurdle? Because the network, to a certain extent, I assume is going to say, look, we weren't, it's not that we were making statements, we were covering what people like Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, even the president were saying, that's our job. Well, I suspect they will make that argument, but that is not what the facts show that they did. We've laid this out in detail in the complaint precisely to anticipate that type of an argument. They did not just simply cover what people were saying. They endorsed it. They themselves, in their own voice, with their own on-air personalities, endorsed the truth of those statements. They said it in their own voice repeatedly over and over and over again. And they continue to put those folks on the air over and over and over again after it was clear that these were lies. And that's really where um, we're right square in the heart of what defamation liability. I said last week, this case, the Fox case and, and the Dominion case in general is really unprecedented in terms of the scope 
of defamation, just how broadly it was disseminated and, and the real world impact that I talked about earlier. But it is not unprecedented in any way in terms of the law. The law is clear. This is basic defamation 101. We're not looking to expand the law. We're looking to apply the basic principles to Fox. And when when you recklessly make those statements in your own voice and you endorse them the way Fox did, that's that's defamation liability. Would that not also apply to, say, a newspaper columnist or blogger, say, who heard what Sidney Powell or Rudy Giuliani said and, and equally said, I think this sounds right to me? Uh, it could. It could very well potentially say that. I mean, given the given the warnings, you know, Fox was warned. They were warned by their own news coverage of the events that disproved what Sidney Powell and Giuliani and others were saying. They were warned by Dominion in writing about the falsity of these things, and yet they continued to go forward and, and continue to say these things over and over again. So there is a there is an element of recklessness that is at play here. You know, you're hypothetical about a opinion or a blogger who who may be not aware to the same degree that Fox was that this was false and the impact that this was having, but for sure it would be something we would want to look at. Uh, Tom, on this show in January, uh, Dominion CEO John Polis uh, left open, at least, the possibility of suing President Trump himself. Uh, your colleague at the law firm recently told CNN that that was still a possibility. You talked earlier about how you guys are still researching uh, potential lawsuits against other media companies. Where does the conversation regarding Trump stand? We're still in exactly the same place as we have not ruled anybody out and we're following the evidence where it goes. I mean, one of the things that's going to happen now, now that we've got these cases on file, is that we're going to be starting discovery very soon and we're going to have a chance to, to really peek behind the curtain of understanding people's roles. And that would include the president and the White House and the campaign. And if the evidence leads us to believe that we've got strong claims, that's something we're going to take a look at. So we're, we're, we're entering a phase where we'll have more information than we currently do about their role. Is it so is it your belief that that if there were to be a lawsuit against President Trump, it comes after discovering some of these other cases so you guys can determine some sort of paper trail one way or the other? I think that that's a probably a reasonable assumption. I may not it may not be after all of the discovery is concluded, but I would say it would certainly come after we have the benefit of, of some additional information about those behind the scenes communication. And you know, discovery in these cases are going to go on for several years. I don't suspect we're going to wait that long to make some of these determinations. But once we feel like we've got enough evidence, whether it's the president or other individuals, we're we're going to proceed expeditiously. The lawsuit against Fox is against the company itself, but not against any of its individual personalities. Smartmatic, which is a, a different voting company or, or voting equipment company altogether from Dominion, they did file a suit against some specific Fox personalities. Why do you guys only go at the company, not any of the individuals? Yeah, it's a fair question. Go back to my prior comment. We haven't ruled out doing that. We haven't ruled out suing them individually. But Fox is the entity with the megaphone. They're the ones that that have the global audience and and the individuals who said the words. Of course, they have their own liability, and we're looking separately at them. But it's important, um, at least in the first instance, for us to put forward the case against Fox, the company. And then we're going to look and see what role the individuals had that may be separate. So they may end up getting joined to this case, or we may end up filing separate cases against them. There are obviously jurisdictional questions that we need to look at, making sure that if we are going to be able to go after them, we've got enforceable judgments. And so that's very much front and center in, in terms of our thinking. And to your point earlier, you know, discovery in this case against Fox will yield additional information that might inform suits against the individuals. Tom, final question for you. Uh, Fox not only has the biggest megaphone, they also have a uh, bigger or uh, deeper pocket than do the others that, that have been sued so far. The lawsuit's asking for $1.6 billion. How do you determine $1.6 billion? 
Sure. So it's it's an estimate at this point. I mean, these are projections based on the latest financial information that we have arising from the financial impact of these lies on Dominion. These lies really have been devastating to the company, its employees. And, and so what we've done is we've done some projections about what the financial damages would be. But I want to stress, and it's important for people to keep in mind, that that's just one component of the damages. So the, those are the economic damages associated with this to the business and to the enterprise value of the of the business. In theory, if, if you were to win all four of the suits that have been filed so far, you'd be talking about over $4 billion in damages. Is Dominion valued pre-election at $4 billion? So that's something that we're going to have expert testimony on, and we'll have to wait. You'll have to wait and see what uh, what our expert testimony is on that. And and look, there will definitely have to be an apportionment of those damages across these cases. I mean, these are in some ways going to be a complicated analysis of trying to understand who is responsible for what percentage of these damages. And Dominion is going to have to have its economic damages apportioned across these different players. But then there are things like the non-economic damages, the damages just to reputation that you're allowed to recover. And, and that is potentially unbounded. It's it's a, a, even beyond that $1.6 billion. It's what a jury says it's worth. And then there's punitive damages, which is, of course, assessed against individual defendants based on their culpability. And so it's a it's a great question. And it's something that, that the courts are going to have to have to deal with when you've got multiple defendants being responsible for a, such a huge quantum of economic damages. But that's what the courts do. They do these in these mass tort cases, and we, we expect that, that they'll be well-equipped to handle it here. Tom Clare, we will continue to follow this story going forward. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the Ever Given. That's the massive cargo ship that this morning was unstuck from the Suez Canal. Why it matters beyond the memes is that this six-day maritime mess did not result in an increase in crude oil prices or prices at the gas pump, even though Suez is a major oil shipping route. Two things to know. First, this price stability reflects increased domestic production of oil in the U.S., as we're simply less reliant on oil from the Middle East. Two, it also reflects the simple fact that global oil demand just hasn't yet recovered from the pandemic, particularly as Europe implements new lockdowns. The bottom line is this thing was a total catastrophe but it could have been a lot messier 10 or 20 years ago. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Tim Shovers, Naomi Shaven, and Alex Sugiara. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you don't subscribe or follow the podcast, please rectify that situation. Have a great national lemon chiffon cake day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.